Welcome back, Champion Church listeners. This week we have a real treat for you. A guest speaker from the mission we support in San Pedro, Mexico, Pastor Stephen Tolman. Pastor Stephen begins by talking about the status of the mission and the many ways it spreads the Word of God. Then he gives us an inspiring message from the book of Acts about putting our faith in Jesus Christ. Hope you're ready to be inspired. Take it away, Pastor Stephen. I'd like to show a few little slides uh, of, of, what, of what God is doing be, be, before we get in, in, into the message, um, because we're in a place called San Pedro, Coahuila, Mexico. First of all, we are Seed Time and Harvest Ministries. You'll see it in just a second. Uh, there we are. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> we're Seed Time and Harvest Ministries. My wife, Marcella, she's not here with me right now. You'll see her in just, just a second. And we're in San Pedro. Where's San Pedro? Uh, you'll see the next slide, please. Um, there we go. And you'll see San Pedro is right in the middle, right by, close by a city called Torreon. We are three and a half hours west of, of Monterey. Actually, that map is a little off. We're a little bit southwest, not northwest of, of, of Monterey, but we're in the very middle part of northern Mexico, high desert. Uh, next slide. This is our ministry team. Uh, it's myself, my wife, Marcella. Timothy is on, on the... I'm beside my wife, and Peter's on, on, on the other side. They work with us uh, closely. Timothy's now 23, Peter's 20. Years go by. Uh, on the yes, left side, making sure we got it right, is my daughter and her, and her husband, Paco. They've been married two and a half years now. They're in charge of, of, of the youth ministry, and they're uh, part of the pastoral team and uh, co-pastors of, of, the, of the church there. Stephanie's in charge of, of uh, communications. Lily, which you see there, is in charge of, of fine arts and our drama team, and uh, Lily just makes everything work together. And then we've got Jacob. Jacob is, is also co-pastor there. He's one of our street kids who, who grew up in, on, with us on, on the property, and he's in charge of praise and worship, fantastic musician. Uh, he's one of these people, he just touches the keyboard, and the presence of the Lord fills the, 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 the place. He's got a tremendous anointing in this area. Next slide. <laughs> okay, in the, in the church in, in, in San Pedro, okay, we have, it's the center of everything. We have weekly services. We use a lot of family cell groups or connect groups, as, as you call them. We have uh, over 25 different connect groups, and that, that's how a church grows. Actually, these are celebrations. The church doesn't grow with this. The church grows when you go out to your neighborhood and invite your neighbor to your house and you, and you take the word of God and you start praying for them and ministering to them and they, they get a hunger for God and then they come here and celebrate with you. Amen. Yep. But it starts in your home. Uh, with the youth, the youth have connect groups too. We, we don't just do it with, with the older people. The youth have their own connect groups and they have them in schools, they have them in, in, in houses, they have them in different areas where they, where they meet every week to share the word of God. We have citywide prayer groups. We work a lot with addiction recovery. Uh, we, we have worked ever since we got there with uh, addiction re recovery. We had to close down our two um, rehab centers in 2013. The violence got, got really, really bad in, in Mexico. Our area has now calmed down. It's very nice, and we have no problem. I can walk downtown at midnight, and, and there's 
no problem, buy some tacos at his taco stand and walk back. There's, there's no problem. But in 2012, 2013, first part of 2014, it was very, very violent. And one of our groups, the group in San Pedro, they went in to look for some people and they killed four people in the group itself. And it was, it was kind of bad. So we, we had to close them down, but now we, we will be starting, God willing, this year, we'll be starting up another group because it is a very needed area to work with rehab, uh, addiction recoveries. Uh, we work a lot through soccer. Soccer, we've got soccer teams, you'll see it, but we work a lot through soccer as a means of reaching the kids in the, in the community. And we work with vulnerable populations. And in July of 2015, we celebrate the third year of the construction of our new auditorium. Next slide. Uh, you can see the church on the, on the corner at the bottom. It seats 750. And, and we, we thank God for, for, for what, what he's done there. Uh, you can see our, our tambourine team uh, out on, on the streets, the, the tambourine drama team. And you can see Mexican Day, which is the 16th of September. We have a special Mexican service with, with traditional music and everybody dresses up in tra traditional dress and ministering on, 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 on the street. Next slide. In the soccer, you're looking at our soccer field by our, by our church. We have two mini soccer fields, seven-on-seven seven soccer fields. We have leagues which uh, play there every night of, of, of the week. And this is a way of bringing the community into the, the uh, church. And, I mean, it's full all the time. We have a prayer booth. We have, we have um, an area where they can, where they can come and, and get counseling. And, and the Word of God is always presented there as the people come in and, and, they, and they play there. Uh, we also have a second division soccer team. It's like double-A baseball. Uh, and God is, that's something which just God brought up, and, and it, went, it grew bigger than we ever, ever imagined. We started with a small amateur team, and in Mexico, or all over the world except in the United States, in, in professional sports, the last place team goes down a division, and the first place team, the division, lower division, goes up a division. So, like, uh, who was the last place team in, in baseball this, this, this year? No, no, Rangers were. Rangers did great. <laughs> I can't remember who they were, but they would go down to AAA. And the champion of AAA would go up to Major League. I mean, that wouldn't really fly up here. <laughs> The franchise is worth a lot of money, but that, that's what happens in soccer. And so we were down in the, on, the, on the amateur level, and we went up and up into the top amateur level, and then we went up to third division, which is like AAA, and then we, we won nationally third division, so we're in second division. And so that, that's what, what's happened there. And last year, 20-plus um, players were baptized through the, the team. I can't emphasize how necessary it is to be baptized it's our first step of obedience after accepting Jesus, after being saved. It's our first step of obedience. It identifies us with Christ. And, but I'm not going to preach on that. But that is so necessary. And our street soccer team is open. We've got soccer schools. We have three different soccer schools in the, in the whole area and in, in three different towns. And God ministers through soccer. Every soccer training begins with prayer, ends with prayer. Every soccer game begins with prayer, ends with prayer, two Bible studies a week for everybody who is in soccer. Next, next slide. You can see some of it, some of our kids up there, which, are, um, which were just baptized. It's one of, of the pastors of one of our sister churches. In the past, uh, 
In the past three years, we have been able to open up four sister churches, and we thank God for how, how they have grown in the city of Torreon. Uh, we now have four sister churches there. One's running 600, two are running 200, and the newest one is running around 50. In the city of Monclova, we've got uh, another sister church which is running over 500, and, and we thank God for that. In fact, they're bigger than the mother church. <laughs> I can tell that. And you can see uh, that, that's training in soccer. Jesus is my life. That's one of the kids. He put Jesus is my life on there, and you can see, see them playing. The, the white is our, is our team with the, with the cross on it. And, and that, that's some training in, in the sand dunes, uh, getting strength in their legs. <laughs> that's kind of hard. Okay, next slide. Uh, missions, we, this is Patty. We sent her out in, 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 mission, in missions. Let's start down below. That's Donald and Becky. Donald came to live with us seven years ago. He's from Uganda. And, and uh, when he arrived, he, he said, uh, can I come? And we said, well, come on. He said, I've got money. I can take care of myself. I just want to learn how to how to be a missionary. And he did have money. He had about $600. And uh, so we, we maintained him and supported him. He lived with us for, for, well, for seven years. He lived with us, but, but he lived with us for, for the first two years and until he was able to get up a support base. And he started learning missions. And he, being from Africa, his way of thinking was totally different than the American way of thinking. And, and he started working in the villages, and everybody loved Donald. It was, it was great, and it was funny. One day, uh, the Setas were, had a control of our town, and, 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 the, and the Seta cartel leader for our area lived in our town. Uh, he didn't live in the city of Torreon, which is a big city right close to us, but he lived in our town. And one day, I was in the, in the property and I was doing some cleanup, and three pickup trucks, four-door pickup trucks, come up, and in the front pickup truck, there's full of armed guys with AK-47s. The back one, full of armed guys with AK-47s. And in the middle pickup truck, uh, there's five guys in the, in the pickup truck. There's two sitting in the front seat and three in the back seat. And Donald's sitting in the middle of the three in, uh, uh, of two guys in the back seat. I thought, oh, Lord. <laughs> they have kidnapped him, and they have brought him here to show me that they have him and to demand ransom. I said, Lord, give me words. Give me wisdom. Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name. I, just, I was praying. I started praying in tongues. I started walking towards that, 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 that pickup truck, and, and there was the, the head guy of, of, the, of the cartel in our area there, and, and I, I knew him, and he's not a nice guy, and uh, he wasn't. I mean, he's dead now. But anyways, <laughs> uh, and, and so he, he, was, he was there, and as I was walking up, the, the door opened, one of them got out, then Donald got out and he said, Gracias, gracias. He had a high voice. He has a high voice. Muy amable, muy amable. Hey, thank you, thank you. It's very kind for giving you a ride. And they said, Bye, Donald, bye, Donald, everyone, bye, Donald. And they took off. <laughs> they give him a ride. <laughs> and he's married with Becky. They just had, a, had their first child. Uh, she's from England and, and just, just south of London. And we have um, re- recently. We sent them out uh, a year and a half ago to another area of Mexico to open a uh, Bible school. And we sent, in January, we sent a family out from the church to work with them. Patti is in the Philippines. She's one of our street girls. I'll talk about her a little bit later. But she's full-time in missions also. Uh, next slide. This is one of our soccer teams, which is in Haiti. Uh, if you want to get a crowd in Haiti, take a Mexican soccer team. They, they'd have police escorts into the town. They played against first division teams, and some of them were street kids. Not all of them, 
about half the team are professional players and half of them are just street kids. And they would go and, and play and at halftime they'd present the gospel and after the game they'd pray with the people and went from town to town through Haiti and they had a tremendous time in there. Uh, next slide. <laughs> just pray for us. Keep, uh, we have open door for the missionaries which we're sending out. Safety and protection because we need it. Uh, as I said, everything's calmed down but, but still some things happened coming up to the border. I thought I'm at the border, safe. I'm less than a mile from the, from, the American, from the American border to cross in. I pulled off the highway, on, on, pulling off onto the lateral to go onto the bypass road, which takes me from in, in, to the border, at, 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 to the border. And right there, and a car, a Dodge Nitro coming up on the right side of the lateral, they opened fire on a federal police car, which was behind them, police truck. And the firefight, and I was stuck in the middle of the firefight. And they killed the two guys in the, in the Dodge Nitro, and they hit the car in front of me. And um, thank God, his protection is there. Yep. Not a bullet hit me. Not a bullet hit the car. But uh, the border areas are still kind of violent. Our area is not that way. Just so that you know, our area is not that Our way is probably fine. Just the border areas. For some reason, they fight over the commerce because there's a lot of money coming into Mexico through through drugs because up here there's a few people who do consume and they pay a lot of money for it. And so th that's what the fight's over. And so uh, safety and protection, soccer funding, because soccer does take a lot of money, but we are nationally, we're on, every week we're on a national TV as God's team and it's very, it's very good and monthly support. Okay, that's, that's enough for now. That, that's fine. Let's open up our Bibles. Acts chapter 20, verses 21 and 20. I want to talk. It comes from my heart. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Acts 20, verses 20 and 21. I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear, either publicly or in your homes. I have had one message for Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and of having faith in our Lord Jesus. And I want to talk about this verse. I have had one message for Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and having faith in our Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, we just thank you. Father, we are here in your presence right now. And I pray that you anoint my mouth to speak your words, that they not be my words, but that they be your words. That you speak to each one of us this morning, Lord. That you open our hearts, that we receive our minds, that we understand our lives, that we apply what your word is to us. Anoint your message, not my message, but your message. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep that verse up there I wanna, because I'm going I'm to be following it. Okay, he said, I was with you. Paul is getting ready to go to Jerusalem where he's going to be imprisoned and everything. And he said, here, he's talking with the people and he said, I have been with you, talked with you the same thing in publicly in your homes. I've had one message for the Jews and the Greeks. I have had one message, in other words, for the people who are religious and the people who do not have a walk with God. The message is always the same. 
God doesn't have two or three messages for different people. One thing about the Bible is it applies to every culture. <laughs> the Bible doesn't have to change according to the culture. The Bible applies to every culture. The message stays the same. Many times we, 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 we want to be so sensitive to the people that we forget about the message. <laughs> I remember uh, reading a message. I, I, I read messages and... and um, I'm in a group of, of, of ministers uh, which, which send messages to, to one another so that, so that uh, they can be critiqued before they're, 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 they're preached. And there are some pastors in, in, the, in this group. It's a very small group, but there's some pastors which are, uh, they're over five, 6,000 people. And there's some people, and there are pastors which are over churches of 100. I mean, it, it's, it's varied. And I can remember reading one of, one of the messages and... <clears throat> And the person wrote there, he said, Jesus wants you to be happy always. He never wants you to be sad. And something hit me and said, that's not true. Because when we sin, repentance is a true sorrow for our sin. And if we don't go through that sorrow, we'll never get to the joy of the Lord. Jesus wants us joyful. Happiness can come and go. Yesterday, our team was playing. We were losing one nothing, and 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 it was it was a good team which we're playing against. But I was sad. We were losing one nothing. Fifteen minutes ago in the game, we scored a goal, and my wife sent me a message. She said they're on top of us. They're on top of us. I said I said on a counterattack, we're gonna we're gonna score, and we scored, and we were winning two to one. And I was I was right here in Hewlett Mall. I went like this, and people looked around at me. What's he doing? <laughs> the last play of the game, they tied us. Oh. Happiness can change, but the joy of the Lord is your strength. There's one message for Jews and Greeks. There's one message for the people who have been raised in church and the people who haven't been raised in the church. There's one message for the people who have, who have had a training which, which does not point you towards the true God. And there's one message which have had, it's the same message for the people who have a training which point you to the true God. The necessity of repenting. Repentance is true sorrow and a desire to change from our former works. My parents were in Africa. For, for many years, and they worked uh, a lot with, with the Sulus in South Africa. The Sulus were a, very, were a warrior tribe, and because they, they were a warrior tribe and the men were, were considered to be great warriors, they did not have a word for repentance. In their language, there was no word for repentance. And so when they talked about repentance, every time they talked about repentance, they were saying, I was going south, but now I'm going north. It's a change of direction. But many times we're not repentant of our works, but we are repentant of the consequences of what has happened. But we must be repentant of our works. I can remember Ramon when, when I was talking with him in prison for 15 years. I was a chaplain of, of the state prison in our area. And I can remember talking with him, and you never ask the people, what did you do? You say, what did they accuse you of? Because everybody's innocent. I mean, everybody's innocent. Or misunderstood. That there's just very few people said, I did this and I did this. Uh, and he said, well, they, they say I tried to kill my brother. And I said, well, did you? He said, yeah. 
He said, I, I, yeah, I, I, I did. He said, but I don't know why he's so angry about, about it. A month before, he shot me in the leg, and, and, and uh, why is he so angry? And I said, well, well, what happened? He said, well, I stabbed him. And, and I said, well, I talked with him. I said, estás arrepentido. Are you, are you repentant for what you did? He looked at me and he said, I am so repentant. But something just didn't click. The face said, I'm repentant. The tone said, I'm repentant. But something just didn't click. I said, what are you repentant of? He said, I'm so repentant I didn't kill him. He said, I stuck the knife right there, right there. His heart must have jumped because I didn't get it. I mean, I got it right there. I should have killed him. <laughs> we can be repentant of many things. But you must be repentant of your works. There was a, a man, I'll call him Pepe, Pepe Loco, they call him crazy Pepe. Uh, his name is different, but I do not want to say his, 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 his real name. And I met him through work, which we do with the cartels. We work a lot with, with cartels and with cartel people. And uh, I've been with low level, I've been with high level, and God has put us there to take the word of God to them. And I'm thankful for, for, for the doors which God has opened there. And so he, he was called Crazy Pepe because he was always just... His way of looking at you and everything was just kind of weird. And he was a killer. He was, he was a, his family was involved in the drug trade, and his part was enforcing. And he had killed several people. And he was actually an evil person. And everybody was afraid of him. Once he even shot a gas station attendant because he, he, he filled up his truck with, with gas, and then he started to take off the guy running, hey, you got to pay, you got to pay. And he turned around and shot him, shot him in the leg. He was just an evil person. And finally, the police got up on enough uh, nerve to, to arrest him. And instead of really arresting him, he was driving down the street. And they had an ambush. And they just emptied out their guns into his car. And they wounded him. They did not kill him. They were trying to kill him because they were afraid, really afraid of him. They didn't try to arrest him. They just shot him in the back. Um, and so he went to prison. We had talked with him about... <clears throat> we had talked with him... Uh, about the things of God. And he always said, no, I'm, I'm bigger than God, I'm greater than God, and, and this kind of thing. But when he was in prison, and, and, and he was wounded, and, and he wasn't really being treated well in that, he began to reflect on his life. And he began to realize that he, in, really, in truth, was an evil person. And that it was not a good thing that everybody was afraid of him. And he began to cry out to God. But he didn't cry out God to be let out of prison because he said, I deserve to be here for the rest of my life. I'm not going to fight the charges. I'm not going to do anything. But I want God to forgive me. And if I am here for the rest of my life, I will be here for the rest of my life because I have done great evil. But I will preach the word of God here in the prison, so that others can, 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 can come to him. He had a true repentance. He had a true repentance. So many times, we, we, 
you have, you have people who come to you and they say, well, uh, we had a fight and, and, and I can't stand my wife, I can't stand my husband, he's a jerk, and this and that. And, they, and, they start, and, and then they, there's, oh, I'm so sorry that I fought that. But they're not sorry about what caused the fight. Because two weeks later, they're fighting about the same thing again. The first thing of any message about God is repenting from your evil works Repenting from your selfishness. Repenting from, from your, your, your self-centeredness. And, and then it says, and turning to God. You can say you're sorry, but nothing will happen unless you turn to God. Pepe turned to God. He began devouring the word of God. It was incredible. He would read his Bible and read his Bible. He would start memorizing and memorizing. And, and I, I started getting scared. He's going to start memorizing no, no more of the Bible than I do by memory. And I'm the one who's supposed to be teaching him. And, and, I mean, he would memorize and memorize uh, the book of, of, of James, the book of 1 John. I'm talking books. And I started working on my memory, too. <laughs> And I can't, let him, I can't let him get by me. And he, was, he turned to God. His way of, 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 of living changed totally because he said, my life is in God's hand. You say, well, he's in prison. And there's a lot of, 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 prison, house, of prison house conversions. But how, how can you really know that he, that he turned to God? Because he was given 50 years prison which in Mexico, when you get 50 years, you get no parole. But when they transcribed it, they wrote it wrong and they put five. And after two and a half years, he was in the prison yard and they called him to the gate and they said, you got parole, you're free to go. He said, I didn't even go back for my stuff. I'm free to go. You guys can keep everything I have there. I'm gone. When God opens up a door for you, don't think twice. (laughs) Walk through it. So he walked through that door. He walked out. And he got out on on the street. He went to his house. He he arranged the things that he has to go and sign in every week just to say that that he's there. And, And he arrived at his house. He thought, I'm free. And his first thought, he said, was, you know, I should go and get a carton and just have a blast. And he said, no, I'm a Christian. I don't do that kind of stuff anymore. And he looked around his house, a beautiful house. He had his vehicles, which were still there, and, and, and he had properties. And he said, I'm not comfortable here. He came by and saw me, I'm out of prison. Oh, wow, you're out. Yeah, well, I'm out, I'm free. I just have to go and sign in every week, but I'm free. And, and, and this went on for about a month. He came to me and he said, I have to serve God. He said, I can't live in this luxury which I earned through evil. He gave away all of his houses, all of the land, all of his vehicles, and all of his money. And he started working the cotton fields. Turning to God, for him, meant letting go of everything from the past. 
Oh, they said he was crazy. Why would he walk away from all that stuff? He could, he's free. He could at least just retire. And, and be, but no, he said, I can't. I can't do that. I cannot do that. And so as he turned to God, he began to talk about God with all the people. I, I kept on discipling him. He was there in the, in, 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 in the church, and people, look, he's going to your church? Hey, how can you have, he, he's going, no, what's, what's going to happen? Everybody was waiting for him to, to blow his gasket and, and do something crazy. And, and, and he just got more and more radical for the things of God. And he started preaching to the cartel people. And finally, he, he said to me, he came to me one day after, after about a year and a half, he said, I'm, I'm totally free now. He said, I have to go and tell the people who are in the same life which I was in about Jesus. I've told them all here. They have, they have told me I'm crazy. They've told me they're going to kill me, but I'm here. But I thank God that he's given me life. But the thing is, is I know that I don't deserve to live for everything which I have done because I have been an evil person. But I've got to tell others who are in the same place which I'm in. And he went up to the border, the Matamoros area, which was the worst area of violence in Mexico, still is. And he started preaching to the two cartels which were there and going back and forth. For another year, he preached, and he would call me and tell me. And he said, I, I've been able to talk to some of the young, I was able to rescue some young men, and I sent them back to their homes, and, 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 and they went back with Bibles, and went back glorifying God, and I was able to rescue the, the, these people from the, from the cartels. I was able to go in and, and, and get, get some immigrants who they had, who they had, uh, they had captured, and they, they, were, they were holding for ransom before they would take them to the United States to work, because human trafficking is a big thing. And we would pray and that, but he kept on saying, I've been evil, and I just thank God for the days, but my days are going to come to an end. About a year ago, I received the word that he went in and talked to some high-up cartel person, and that person shot and killed him. But he turned to God. He turned to God. It's not just enough to say, I'm sorry. You have to have a change of direction. Repentance gives you that change of direction. And his last years of his life were the most prosperous and blessed years of his life. Half of his family has come to the Lord and is serving the Lord today and has left the drug business because of his testimony, because they saw uh, someone who truly repented, not someone who just said, uh, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I believe in saying the sinner's prayer. I have no problem with that. But it's not just repeating a prayer. It's a change of heart. It's a change of mind. It's a change of direction, which will change our life, which will change our marriage, which will change our family, which will change our job and change the way which we live. And it says, and of having faith in our Lord Jesus. As a child, they said, faith is for all, I trust him. It's a good way of, of saying, having faith in God. But we must show active faith. Right now, everybody here is showing me active faith. I mean, very active faith. You have faith in your chair. You're sitting on it. How many of you looked under your chair to make sure that nobody had cut through it. 
Got to be careful. Sam's a pastor here. He can do some tricks. <laughs> I, I know. He's, he, I remember him as a kid. Sorry. <laughs> he has some pretty good tricks. Uh, nobody looked under. You went and you sat down. Maybe one or two went and touched first. But anyhow, you went and you sat, right? You cannot see the strength in your chair. You suppose it, but it's all covered. You don't even know if it, if it was just a cushion and the, and, the, and the solid part, the wood underneath, was taken out. You trusted that chair and you sat on it. The same faith which we, which we show in that chair, we must show to God. We put the weight of our life in his hands. And we say, Lord, I rest in you because you are the one who sustains me. When we have young people who want to go into ministry, we send them out on on what we call faith trips because we want to know if if they're ready or if they have what it takes to be a minister or not because many are called but few are chosen. And so we send them out on a faith trip. I was with my brother-in-law. I did the first faith trip. But the first people which we sent out was was my sister-in-law, Lily, and a girl who is is now a wife of of one of of the ministers which we sent out. And they went from San Pedro to Oaxaca. We'll give them, which is 24 hours by bus. We'll give them the bus ticket and a sack lunch, and they must go for at least a month. They went for three months. And they must believe in God for everything, raise up something permanent for the Lord, and come back. And then we know that they're ready for ministry. So Lily went with the girl Lily was, was the main one, and they arrived in a small town in Oaxaca, right close to the, uh, right close to the Guatemala border, the Chiapas and Guatemala border, and they started knocking on the door. There was no, no church in that town, a town of about 20,000 people. Knocked on the first door. Hello, we're from San Pedro Coahuila, and, and we're here. We want to talk to the young people of this town about Jesus, and we need a place to stay and because we want to talk about Jesus to, to the young people. And the lady closed the door. She said, no, we don't want your type here. They shook the dust off their feet, went to the next house, because that's what we told them to do. Shake the dust off your feet. Knocked on that door, same thing happened. The third house they went to, they said the same thing. And the lady said, oh, our young people in this town are so needy of someone to talk to them about Jesus or, or, or bring them something good. Please come in. And she opened up their, her house, and they lived with her for three months. They went, those two girls, in an area where there's no church, and started working with the young people and started teaching them what they know, what Lily knows is fine arts. She started teaching them dramas, Christian dramas. And they started a drama club. And they started coming in. And then we're going to do a performance and everything. And as, as, as they were doing the dramas, she was explaining the dramas. And they started coming to the Lord. After three months, 17 young people were baptized. A pastor was called in. And then they had a performance for the town. And over 1,000 people came to see the, the performance and the gospel message preached to them. And that church is there to this day. Have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Patti. Patti came to us through soccer. Patti, you saw her picture there above the picture of Donald and his wife. Patti came to us when she was 12. And she came through soccer. She hated God because she had had a very abusive 
lifestyle, uh, abusive family. Just leave it at that. And she hated God. She had bitterness towards God, but she wanted to be on the best soccer team. And so she came in. She was there for the Bible studies because she had to be there, but she wanted to be on the best team. And, it's, and she learned about prayer, but she won't come to church. I'm not coming to church. I'm not coming to church. She turned 13, and the team won, and they became champions, and, and they had to bring the trophy into church. And so here were 20 girls walking into church with a trophy, and uh, rough girls, almost all of them very, from a very rough background, and, and walking into church, and walked right up to the front with the trophy, and, and here we brought the trophy as, as, as we had to, and then I said, well, great, here's the chair, sit down, and we'll have, a, we'll have a party right after church, just sit down. And so they sat down, and that day, Pati gave her life to the Lord. Things changed. She started coming to church. The grandmother ruled the house. The grandmother got angry that she was coming to church, and... Potty was kicked out for three months. She lived on the streets. She never told us anything. But she never stopped coming to church. She, she finally, with the doors open, her mother pled with the grandmother, uh, her mother-in-law, and, and, and that, and, and she was able to go back home and, and, and live. And, and she went through school. She was in a family which they said, by 15 you have to be married to have your man. And she said, no, I, I want to study. I want to study. Nobody in our family has ever studied. We put her through school. And her mother started working and helping her. And we, we put her through school. And when she had her quinceanera at the 15th birthday party, which is big for, for Mexican ladies, for Mexican girls, we put on a big party for her in the church. And she came forward and at the, at the ceremony and everything. And her family came to church. And in that quinceanera, her mother and her two brothers came to the Lord. Her father was there also and... and, and but they came to the Lord, and they were radically saved. We put Patti through nursing. She became a registered nurse, and she started, took a faith trip to Nayarit. They took another faith trip to an Indian tribe the next summer. And then the Haiti earthquake hit, and she came to us and she said, I need to go. She and another girl who were studying nursing, I need to go. And we said, well, how are you going to go? Well, there's a group which says that they will take us if we get to Mexico City. So we prayed about it, and, they said, and we said, we'll send you out. We sent them out to Mexico City, and they arrived with money for their passport and for their visa, but they arrived with just enough just, just to eat for two or three days in Mexico City. That was on a Monday when they arrived, and when they, when they got there, they found out that it was all false. It was not true. The people wanted their money, but they weren't gonna, going to take them anywhere. And they said, but we need to go, we need to go. And I said on the phone to them, I said, did God tell you to go? She said, yes, but what are we going to do? I said, well, let's pray. That was on a Monday. By Thursday, they had raised $2,000 each on the streets of, of, of Mexico City. They had their plane tickets bought, their visas, their passports, their visas. They were on the plane to Cuba, to Cuba, to the Dominican Republic, and by bus into Haiti. Six weeks they were in Haiti, working with the, with the, with the relief effort. And, and God did tremendous things there. I, it would take too much time to talk about what God did. And, and, and they came back, and they came back from Haiti, from that earthquake zone, more blessed and with more money and with more things than what they went with. Because they have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. They learn to trust. Pati, last July, went out to the southern Philippines. 
She's on our year of lamp there. And what they do is they go into the rebel camps in the very south part, the Muslim rebel camps. And they talk with them and say, you, your children can't live here. Let's, we'll, we'll put them through school and that. And they bring out those Muslim children, five, six, seven years of age. And they house them, feed them, school them. And the agreement is that when they finish high school or university, they have to go back to the rebel camps. But the thing is, they're coming out as a little Muslim children, and the first group is about to go back as, as Christian missionaries. And Patsy, uh, I was messaging with her. We use WhatsApp a, a lot, and, and, and she was telling me the other day, she said, I was in the mountains. And she finally said, finally, after six months, I was able to go to the mountains, and, and they're taking me in. I'm learning the language and that. And she said, I was scared at first. But then I remembered about, about San Pedro, and I remembered all the, all the weapons which we saw in San Pedro when the, when the violence was there. And I said, well, it's just the same thing. <laughs> just different, different culture, the same thing. And she said, we were able to go there and bring out 20 Muslim children. And she was so happy. That message transforms lives. God has given one message to all of us. The need to repent. Have that change. That change which, which is a complete change. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a submitting of your will, your thoughts, your desires and your plans to the feet of God. And turning to Him that change of direction which says, I was headed this way. But I'm not wanting a God who just is, is there just to pat me on the back. I need a God who directs me and is willing to correct me and change my direction when I need it. Because I need to follow Him. And having faith in Jesus. Do you have faith in God? Maybe God hasn't called you to a faith trip. Maybe God hasn't called you to a cartel area. Maybe you've never had to have a bag put over your head and driven two hours to go and see somebody who they're offering $6 million for because they want to hear about Jesus. But every day, we are confronted with things which we must trust God for. And too often, we take our Christian life for granted. And true faith, and faith in Jesus, is shown by our walk with God every day. For God has not called us to a one day a week walk with Him. Christianity is a change of lifestyle. Serving Jesus is 24-7. And He is our life. He does not just become part of our life, but He becomes our life. And we are hidden in Him. And our hope and our faith is in Him. And too often, we have put our faith in politics. Politics will fail us. 
We have put our faith in, in, in our style of government. Our style of government will fail one day. We have put our faith in our jobs. Our jobs will fail us one day. We have put our faith in our economy. Our economy will fail us one day. But when my hope is in the Lord, it doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter what I, I, I confront. It doesn't matter who I have to go and see. It doesn't matter what my health condition is right now. It doesn't matter what my family condition is right now. If I have faith in Jesus, I know where I'm going. And I know that my direction is right. I am not going in a bad direction. I am not going away from God. I'm going to Him. I'm running to Him. And I know that He will take care of me. Because this is the message which is for everybody. Jesus is not here just to give you a little pat on your back. No. He's here to change your life. right now I have called you too often you have said we are small and we have a nice little gathering but I've not called you to have a nice little gathering but out of small things I have done great things out of small seeds, I have grown great things. And I have called you to do great things. But you must follow my direction, says the Lord. And even when you don't understand where I'm taking you, trust me. For I have great things for you. And though you you will go through times of trial and you will go through times of tribulation I will never leave you or forsake you you shall not be alone for I am looking for a sold out passionate people for me and with them I will abide and I will speak with them and I will raise them up and you shall see my glory on your lives, says the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. If God is speaking to your heart, I'm not going to make a call or anything, but if God's speaking to your heart, just respond to him right now. Whether it's there in your chair or here in front, just respond to him. For Jesus wants to minister to you in this moment as they sing. They sing right now, just just respond. Respond to Jesus. That's all we have for this week. Tune in next week for our Palm Sunday service. 
Have a blessed one.